After Hours takes on Las Vegas for the first time. In Las Vegas for Super Bowl week, we're excited to be doing this together. My first trip to Vegas, I'm already overwhelmed. Just walking through the airport, it was about a par five golf hole from my gate to where the concourses all came together in a central hub. And I passed at least three sets of gambling machines. Jackpot. The people actually stop. They don't care about getting to their baggage or a car or where they're going. They stop, they sit down, and they just start dropping money. Ka-ching! From the home of Super Bowl 58, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Sponsored by Southern Recipe. We asked you for Vegas Vibes music, and you sent us dozens of playlist options. We've gone Rat Pack. I haven't heard Elvis this week. I think we're going to have to bring in Elvis, the big guns, for our final show coming up on Thursday night. But we have definitely worked in everything from Katy Perry to the Rat Pack. We've had some Frank Sinatra. Uh, Of course, for our conversation with the Air Force Thunderbird pilots, we had to have Danger Zone from Top Gun. Did you guys hear them say they were big fans of Top Gun Maverick? I was thinking they were going to poo-poo it and say it wasn't realistic. But we know that Tom Cruise is meticulous and and a perfectionist when it comes to how accurate these flight scenes are, whether we're talking about the two Top Gun movies or we're talking about any of the stunts and the work that he does in Mission Impossible. He wants to make sure they're as realistic as possible. In fact, he's he's been known to go hard with the various actors and make them do it again and again and again until they get it absolutely right. So it was cool to hear that they really enjoyed Top Gun Maverick. That was fun. So last hour, it made me totally jealous between Colleen Wolf getting a chance to fly with the Thunderbirds and then the actual front two pilots, Commander Nathan Malafa and his left wing, Zachary Taylor. You guys check out the photos as well as photos of Colleen and Solomon Wilcott and Mark Ingram. And we've got photos and videos from inside the Mandalay Bay Casino because isn't that what people come to Vegas for a lot of the times? Uh, We've got all kinds of goodies for you on our social media. So on my Twitter, A-Law Radio. Oh, did I mention Dirt Dogs? And also on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, though Jay and I are kind of sharing and retweeting. And then on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. It's pretty nutso. But it's great to have Colton running our audio equipment back at CBS Sports Radio headquarters. Jay is literally spending the entire show here in our studio at 98.5 HD to the bet working on production. Some of the music and the audio that you hear coming in and out of breaks, uh, posting photos himself and going through all of his reels that he can share on social too. And he says he's going to have... um, option on YouTube, maybe a montage of videos on YouTube. So check out our YouTube channel as well. Subscribe to it. That makes him happy after all his hard work after hours with Amy Lawrence on YouTube. And I just got this tweet in response to the photo with the Thunderbird pilots. Mama Apple. This is cool. I think she's a teacher. What a great interview. I'm sharing the picture with my students today. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. Thank you so much. It means the world to me because that had to be One of my favorite conversations. If you look at the photo I put up, I'm giddy. 
And for some reason, I'm gesturing. My hands are in the air. Uh, but they said they really enjoyed it as well, which is a compliment that is overwhelming. I mean, if, if I didn't embarrass myself talking to two U.S. Air Force Thunderbird pilots, <laughs> then life is good. <laughs> Coming up in 15 minutes here on the show, Boomer Esiason, former NFL MVP, longtime analyst who's done, I think, 30 Super Bowls. Uh, he will join us live before he does his show from Radio Row. So it's funny. We're both in Las Vegas, but he's doing his show from Radio Row. He does the morning hours. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, Pacific Time morning show. It begins at 3 a.m. in a largely empty Mandalay Bay Convention Center and Radio Row, which right now is like a ghost town, which is why we're here at 98.5 HD2, The Bet. It's our local affiliate. So we thank Odyssey and CBS Sports Radio for setting us up here. We haven't really talked much about the game. We will with Boomer a little bit, but with Boomer always, we get off the beaten path as well. But every day, some of the Chiefs and some of the Niners are sitting in front of the microphone and they're answering questions. Uh, I don't know if you heard the exchange between one reporter and Brock Purdy about how he resembles Lee Harvey Oswald. Maybe we'll get to that before the back end of the hour just because it's so goofy. And Brock was really taken aback. But there is prep going on. We're not doing it on Radio Row. No, we're, we're trying to bring you as much entertainment as we can. But the two teams are holed up. And they're about an hour away from the strip. They don't want the teams anywhere near the strip. They're practicing at UNLV. I know the Niners have had an issue with their practice field. They're practicing up there, out there. Our cab driver told us it's about an hour away from where we're staying at the Luxor in Mandalay Bay. So they're essentially sequestered. They're not practicing practicing at Allegiant Stadium, which is right next to our location. Now, nah, they're going through their paces and they're holed up and actually in a football bubble. And so to hear them talk about football is a little bit jarring, and yet it's important, right? Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense have just gone through their worst statistical season since he became their starting quarterback. Now, remember, they were high-octane. They were high-powered. He's won two NFL MVP awards, not to mention two Super Bowls and been to a third with him as their quarterback. But it was a bad season for the Chiefs offense. A lot of theories about why that, why that played out in such a way that they led the NFL and dropped passes. Is it because of bunch of new pieces right only Travis Kelsey being a real veteran of the roster is it because they didn't have Eric Bieniemy? I'm I'm sure that people out there don't think he's a valuable part of the offense or what they did but you cannot quibble with the production or even the numbers Bieniemy goes and works in Washington for a year the commander's Offense was awful. It's not all his fault. If you don't have a quarterback, you got a whole lot of nothing. Um, But they traded away a bunch of pieces. So he gets fired after Dan Quinn takes over as the new head coach. The enemy apparently was visiting the Chiefs before the AFC Championship in Baltimore. I think there could be a reunion in the offing. The Chiefs were never better than when Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy were working together on the offense. Now, The last couple games, we've seen that offense take an uptick. We've seen that offense play a lot better. They weren't rewriting the record books against Baltimore. Remember, in the second half of the AFC Championship, they did not score. They were shut out. 
Well, that offense, physical, tough, stingy, same thing that you could say about the Niners. Did I say offense? I'm sorry. The Baltimore defense, stingy, tough, physical. They they give you nothing. Those are all qualities that mark the Niners defense. Okay, so as Patrick Mahomes looks ahead, he knows that this next test is the stiffest of all. That's exactly what it is. They play as a collective unit together. Like, everybody's together. Everybody's on the same page. It probably speaks to the linebackers uh, and Warner and Greenlaw. They have everybody on the same page every single play, and they know when they can take chances as a secondary because maybe they have a blitz or they have certain uh, pressure dialed up, and and they know when they need to play their covers the exact right way, and that's what it takes in order to be a great defense, and they do a great job of it, and then obviously when the D-line's going, it makes everybody else play better, and um, it's going to take our best effort. I think that's going to be the biggest thing that you see on film is it's going to take us playing perfect football, uh, playing hard, playing physical in order to win this football game, and we have to continue to do that. Now, they have done that. The offensive line has played better. They've worked Isaiah Pacheco into the offense in a way that he's extremely versatile, and he finds seams, or he catches passes out of the flat. He's been a great weapon for them. I actually think he's the key. When he's healthy, the Chiefs' offense is so much better. But they're going to have to play extremely well in the trenches. They can't drop passes like they did all of the regular season. It's still Patrick Mahomes, right? Andy Reid, you've still got Patrick Mahomes. Bags and I have been around a long time. We're not getting any younger, but we've seen a lot of quarterbacks kind of come and go, and and, um, he's a heck of a player. And you're right, I've been fortunate to have some – uh, to have some great ones. Uh, Spag's been on a couple of those teams where they, they just uh, you've had these great guys that, that could that could play the game, see the game, and, and it's just special. It passed right up there at the top of that list. Yeah, remember Eddie Reed? I don't know if he was the offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach when Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers won a Super Bowl. So he's worked with Hall of Famers, and now he's worked with another Hall of Famer future Hall of Famer in Patrick Mahomes. And it's really neat because Andy's indicated this, but you can see it as well. He loves two things, football and cheeseburgers. Oh, I'm sorry. He also loves his family. <laughs> he's a big he's a big family guy, but he he still has a passion for football. And I'm not at all surprised that that's been reignited, rekindled, even extended because of Pat. Because the abilities of Pat to see the field, to extend plays, to elude pressure, to stay upright. Now, he does scramble, but that's not what he wants to do primarily, to make any throw in the field. Oh, and to avoid Justin uh, Justin Tucker's kicking tee that is attempting to trip him up in the AFC Championship. He's a beaut. He's one of a kind in every way. And he and Andy Reid are one of sports old married couples. They're so good together. They finish each other's sentences. I mean, this is a, a, a the type of match that is championship caliber, as we've seen. And and it's cool to hear the two of them talk about each other. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We've got one more day on Radio Row. That's Thursday afternoon. Still working on a time for Oscar De La Hoya, but Jay's really excited because he lined up Bobby Flay. Jay. Bobby Flay. Do we get to talk about food with Bobby Flay? Oh, absolutely we do. Apparently he's going to bring us his new menu. Stop it. Yeah. Oh, wait, do you think there'll be samples? That would be incredible. I hope so. (laughs) I'm not going to lambaste him if there are no samples. 
I really am not. Could I request samples? You could, I actually. Could a late, a last-minute request, a late request. Accept samples here? People are not talking about Brock Purdy the way they are about Patrick Mahomes. We don't really know why. We've asked a variety of people, why is Brock the object of such ire and criticism? And how about doubt? And yet his teammates continue to rave about him. Everything from Christian McCaffrey, who calls him one of the best guys he's ever played with. How about that? To the guys on the defensive side of the ball. And how about the Chiefs? Chris Jones, the great pass rusher. He's got respect for the Niners QB as well. As a warrior, man. Um, just seeing what he's been doing for the San Francisco 49ers. You know, they take... Um, a quarterback out who was getting them to the to the, to the, to the Super Bowl and Jimmy Guapola at a guy like Brock Purdy and he does numbers for him you know um, he does everything right man you know what I mean he's one of those quarterbacks that does everything right and he he's a warrior you see what he was able to do last week when it was down and for them to come back he played a a, a huge part of it whether it's him rushing or throwing into tight pockets so that just shows you the resilience that that guy has and the leadership he has on that team. Remember, there were a couple first down runs for Brock Purdy. In fact, if I remember correctly, they each went 21 yards. And one of them was on third down when they had to keep moving the ball against the Detroit Lions as they're climbing out of that hole. He's got great instincts, but also he uses the weapons around him. Would you rather have Brock Purdy chucking high and overthrow and trying to make everything happen, be a gunslinger as opposed to winning with the guys around him? You make mistakes when you get fast and loose with the football and with the execution. Brock Purdy hasn't made a whole lot of mistakes in the last game and a half, right? He didn't love his start against the Green Bay Packers, but we've seen two now incredible second halves. So I think there should be no more questions about Brock Purdy. His head coach, Kyle Shanahan, actually has him as well as Christian McCaffrey as MVP candidates. So not sure how that works with all the criticism. But yeah, to have both of those in the backfield, that's cool. It is unusual. I mean, I think to get to where we have been, to where we've gotten, and to do it at the level we've had, you, you should have some players. And I know we got some defensive guys up for some awards too. Um, but having both of those guys in the run and the pass game, what Christian does in both, and really what Brock's done in both, they've both been unbelievable and on the biggest parts of our offense. So the game is coming up. <laughs> Captain Obvious. It's just funny because I really haven't thought about it much over the last couple of days. You know what else I haven't thought about? Though I have heard her name on the wind at Radio Row. Every now and then you'll hear snatches of conversations. There's people all around us all the time. No joke, you'll hear it. Taylor Swift, Swifties, Taylor, Taylor, the NFL, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. It is still one of the very, very mm, lightning rod topics, right? That that sounded awkward. It's one of the um, it's one of the most talked about headlines, storylines among not just the football crowd, but among the people who are working Radio Row, which includes PR people and radio hosts and podcasts and digital and all that jazz. Uh, yeah, so it's everybody. It's not just radio hosts where you hear it. And and I've kind of forgotten all about it for now because we're so honed in on what we're doing. Um, but it's very prominent. Oh, there's the word I was looking for. It's very prominent on Radio Row, even in snatches of conversations as people pass us by. <laughs> so we kind of giggle at it and go back to what we're doing. Straight ahead, our friend, 
I'm sure he'd prefer to be identified as NFL MVP uh, more than our friend. But he's great. Boomer Esiason, he's always game to jump on the show. He does it live every week that we're on Radio Row. He's been doing it for years. Uh, And we'll see how awake he is at 2.20 a.m. Pacific time when he joins us next. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, lots of photos, videos on our Facebook page as well. Check them out because we're pleased to share them with you. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. We are at 98.5 HD2 The Bet. It's our home for these shows during Super Bowl week because we like the acoustics a little better inside an actual radio studio, not to mention access to computers and equipment that we know will work. And we are busy in here from segment to segment we're posting photos and videos so check it out on twitter after our cbs on my twitter a law radio i see your comments your replies uh your support and encouragement pop up it's it's like a a non-stop news feed which is really cool we're glad you're so engaged uh, and then our youtube channel as well named after the show we'll have a montage at some point but <laughs> jay is working as fast as he can so subscribe to our youtube channel because that makes him happy And it is his birthday month. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We actually are waiting for Boomer Esiason. So he's getting ready for his show coming up uh, at the top of next hour. His New York morning show on our local affiliate in New York, WFAN. Uh, I know they have to get makeup and everything else. uh, Not to mention it's 2.22 in the morning. And so I can understand if there's a little mix up. Either way, uh, we're waiting on Boomer Esiason. And we will take him whenever he calls in. Uh, Colton is staring at the phone right now, no doubt. Um, But we've done everything from the Dirt Dogs. We did it. If you haven't seen the photos, those are up on social. And, yes, they were worth the walk, though I could only eat that once in my lifetime. I had carne asada fries, and they were piled high with guac and sour cream and the meat. And I inhaled it because it was the first meal we'd eaten in over 12 hours. Uh, But... Definitely couldn't do that more than once. The thing is, though, you walk miles and miles in Las Vegas. Even if you're only going, say, three city blocks, you walk about three times that because you're going up stairs and across the bridges and down the stairs and through hotels and around landmarks and in and out of different buildings where... If it was a straight line, you'd be there in five minutes, uh, but you can't do it that way because of all the traffic and the buildings and everything else. And we're at the south end of the Strip, for those of you who are familiar with Las Vegas. So Eric says this on our Facebook page, hope you brought two pairs of shoes. That's a must because you'll walk miles. Jay, how many pairs of shoes do you think I brought? How many did you bring? Well, I know two for sure. Because of that, we had a minor mishap today. <laughs> what? I don't which, know what you're Which I had to about. walk an extra four miles. Oh, but. you offered. <laughs> you offered. Well, of course, when you leave the radio row, you got to, anytime you step out of that room, once you, if you want to go back in, even just to go to the bathroom, if you say if you left out the bathroom to go back in, you got to go through security again, which of course is through the labyrinth of the underground maze and then up again and then down again and then zigzag and then you parachute into another area. It's crazy. But how many shoes? I'll say four. Okay, so I actually brought five pairs of shoes and one pair of flip-flops because of all the different outfits I need for work. So three different outfits, professional for Radio Row. Uh, If you haven't seen the photos, you'll see. Also, clothes for work. And then I've got, uh, we've got the party, the cigar party coming Mm -hmm. up on Thursday evening with Mike Ditka and Ron Jaworski. And so for that reason, we have to have another outfit that's a little dressier, so not Fancy, fancy, like, cocktail or semi-formal. That would be more wedding. I brought a jacket. 
Good for you. I, I'm excited to now? see. No, no, no. I'm wearing okay. a dress. Right. A dress with a very shimmery scarf and heels. So I would say all that right, you're, right. you'll fit right in. <laughs> uh, there are people I know like Mark Singleton, the VP of Rudolph Foods, who is helping to get us here, uh, sponsoring our trip through Southern Recipe Pork Rinds. He's wearing jeans and a coat. So he wears a button down with a coat, but he wears it over jeans and cowboy boots. He's from Texas, so that's his style. That's Sounds his jam. Right. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, so you're going to fit right in. And he says that there is everything. There are people dressed to the nines, and there are people who are a lot uh, more dressed down, but not cash cash. That was his text, not cash cash. Not cash cash. That's the okay. official phrasing. Okay. I'm not that hip, but I think I got cash, you. Cash. <laughs> are you excited? It's your first chance to meet Bob. Oh, I'm psyched. I can't wait. I've been thinking about it all week. Bob is flying in on Thursday afternoon. Uh, it's a good thing that he waited until Thursday because I would barely have seen him for the last couple of days. It's been I, so I've only been in our room. Not barely. Just barely at all. Yeah, the room looks like a cyclone hit it because I've got stuff everywhere. Every time in there, it's just like a second to like get, get a breath or whatever, <laughs> like change. It's- yeah, no, it's been really cool, the experiences. Uh, if you have not seen Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch, the photo is up on Facebook after hours with Amy Lawrence. He was holding court, and that's pretty much what happens uh, when you get a well-known former or current athlete Cam Newton, we heard him before we saw him. He was surrounded by a mob of people watching him do his radio show, or his, I guess it's a podcast, Fourth and One, and we heard him laughing and yelling before we saw him. And then I said to Jay, Cam Newton is right over there, actually. So I was able to sneak a couple photos of him. Cam Hayward was recording a conversation with his former Steelers teammate, James Conner, right next to us. So I got a photo. I could have reached out and touched Cam Hayward. In fact, I was listening to him talk to James, and I was laughing, and he was laughing at me, laughing at him. Uh, So we had a good time. So we've seen Marshawn Lynch in the mall, beast mode, uh, cameras and a crew there, of course, everywhere he goes. Cam Newton, Cam Hayward, James Conner, Max Crosby, who is a mountain of a man. You think Cam Hayward is big. Crosby is taller and is just, he's ominous. I mean, he's he's really intimidating. He also looked even more tatted up in person, which I didn't think was possible because he looks like he's completely covered on TV, but he had more tattoos than I even thought. Jay's favorite moment was, be honest, when you found out that standing right behind you was your new favorite quarterback. My guy, Baker. Yeah. I said to Jay, because Jay was facing me, and Baker was walking right behind him. Jay, your boy Baker. And I had to be really quiet about it, because I didn't. Baker was that close, he, he could have right heard there. me. Yeah. So I said, your boy Baker is right behind you. So Jay, very proud of him. Sometimes he freaks out. It didn't do it. Just nonchalantly turns around, realizes he's taller than Baker Mayfield, and looks back <laughs> at me right with this with this astonished look on his face. <laughs> oh yeah, there he is. <laughs> yeah, so Baker Mayfield was walking around with just a couple of people and doing various interviews, um, and and a lot of the the current and former players are here for the NFL Honors, which take place Thursday night here in Las Vegas, and Baker was probably also here. Well, he was here for the Pro Bowl and the skills competition. I don't know if he stayed, but a lot of these guys are partnering with various charitable projects or in the case of Mark Ingram, the American Gaming Association. Uh, We actually heard from Mark Ingram earlier on the show, but we're going to bring back part of him ripping the NFL. How long is that, by the way? Um, So we may have to move here because I'm not sure what's going on with Boomer. And again, I I know his schedule is busy in the morning. So what if he calls us our next segment and uh, we don't have time? That's the only thing. So moving parts when you're on Radio Row and you're in Las Vegas. 
Uh, so again, find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or my Twitter, A Law Radio, and then also on our Facebook page, lots of photos and videos. And the entire show is podcasted with all of our guests separately. Okay, well, do you want to try it here? So Mark Ingram, oh, you ready is with a long-time that? NFL running back, and I'm, I'm ner- well. You call. You're the producer, Jay. You make the call. What should we do? Call it. Colton. There's no sign of of Boomer yet, right? Okay, and I have not had an email from his handler this week, so maybe we'd have to push the next segment anyway because we're out of time. We're going to run out of time in this okay. segment, so let's All do right. this here. So let's swap here and let's bring back this chunk from Mark Ingram because. He raved about Nick Saban. I talked about his time at Alabama. Now that he's a college football analyst on Fox, he was great. But he got really passionate when I asked him about the league devaluing running backs and his reaction to the way the NFL now views running backs. Well, for one, they it's a passing league now. For two, they like to do running back by committee. And for three, they use your production against you. So it sucks because any other position, if you catch 150 balls for 2,500 yards, they're like, oh, we're going to pay this man more than anything else. Back up the truck. Yes, 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 back up the being strong. If you're a, a DN and you get paid four, 300 snaps and you get 19 sacks, they're like, oh, back up the truck. But if you're a running back, you get 300 touches and you get 2,000 scrimmage yards, they're like, oh, Maybe he has too much wear and tear on his tires now. Maybe he won't be able to do it again. But look at what Christian McCaffrey is doing with the Niners. Look at even like Saquon Barkley. He was on a franchise tag. But the Giants are clearly a different team when he is healthy and playing as opposed Mm. to when he's not. They pay other players, but they don't want to pay the catalyst who makes that engine go for that offense. Josh Jacobs, same way. Like, it's just unfortunate what they're doing to the running back position. And I think it's going to have greater ramifications than – what it is already. I think some of the younger players who are in middle school and high school who are running backs, I would encourage them to change their position. Okay. Play corner, play receiver, be an athlete, do something, go to a different position because if you have the good fortune and the talent to make it to the NFL, you're not going to get paid because they are devaluing the position. It's one of the most devalued positions in the league right now, unfortunately. Derrick Henry's a free agent. Yes. He was the highest paid running back in the NFL. He is worth his weight in gold. He can still stiff arm any defender. Yes. Unfortunately, what do you think is going to happen with him in free agency? He was never the highest paid running back in the NFL, unfortunately, even though he was the rushing title Mm. guy, like at least twice. But McCaffrey and Alvin, I think, were the two highest. And Nick Chubb, too. Yes, Nick Chubb, yes. And fortunately, Nick Chubb was able to get a bag because we saw the detrimental injury that he sustained last season. And fortunately, Alvin and and Christian got their money, you know, but it just has to be the perfect timing for a running back. You have to go to the right system, to a coach who likes you, to a team who likes you, to a team who will utilize you to get enough production but not have so much production where they hold it against you. So it's like a double-edged sword for running backs. And with the CBA, how it is set up, you won't be able to, you know, do anything about it for another, whatever, five years when they renegotiate the next CBA. Right. So – it sucks right now for the running backs, but all they can do is control what they can control, and you have to be able to do everything. You have to be able to come out the backfield, catch the ball, prove your value as a pass protector, run inside, run outside. You have to be a jack-of-all-trades and not be a one-trick pony, and I think that's what you have to do in the NFL to be able mm. to be valued as a running back position. 
Mark Ingram did not hold back. Now, he's recently retired, played 12 seasons in the NFL at the running back position. If you remember, he was with the Saints. Uh, then he was with Baltimore, right? Remember, he was tr- big trust and how much he was always touting Lamar. Those are some of our favorite post-game press conferences when he and Lamar were in the same backfield together. Uh, he sort of retired in 2023, not on purpose, uh, but then was able to realize his dream going back to when he was in college, got picked up by Big Noon Kickoff on Fox. And so we talked about his broadcast career now, budding broadcast career, his first year, and also a lot about Nick Saban. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that conversation with Mark Ingram from our podcast. We'll post the links on Thursday, but all you got to do is Google After Hours with Amy Lawrence podcast, and you'll see various options, whether it's Spotify or Apple or Omni or Odyssey, our parent company. Uh, Something else that he and I talked about, the amount of money that is estimated Americans will bet on the Super Bowl. He said $23 billion. <laughs> I'm speechless. It, that's, it's an astronomical amount of money. It's monopoly money that I can't even really wrap my brain around. But that's how big it's gotten now. And with sports wagering legal in more than half of the United States, not to mention Vegas... There are a bazillion ways to Sunday that you can place bets. But with the AGA, uh, the advice that he was giving is about knowing your limits and betting responsibly. And that's important, too, because I think people get caught up. We're seeing it here in Vegas. It's everywhere. It's so easy to get caught up and to kind of ride the wave. Again, podcast available right after we get done every weekday morning on Twitter, A-Law Radio, on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We're still hoping for our friend Boomer Esiason, but if not, we'll get him uh, on our final morning of the week. We finally get to connect with Mark Singleton of Rudolph Foods. He actually invited Jay and I to a dinner with the Hall of Famers they have here in Las Vegas this week. Steve Largen and Kellen Winslow. But we had other commitments, and we desperately needed to eat something that was on our list, right? You guys have given us so many food suggestions, and we had to at least check one off the list before Friday when we head to our big brunch after the Mob Museum. So we did that, but we also had to to run into a store. I went into Target just to find something that wasn't fried. So I picked up a salad. I picked up a big container of fruit, a couple of yogurts, one of which I was just eating a few minutes ago, two apples, three bananas, and I feel much better about my life now that I've got some food that isn't put on a a fryer and uh, isn't fattening. I've had more fries in the last 24 hours than I've had in probably the last seven weeks. Oh, seven months. Gosh, I I don't eat a lot of fries as much as I love them. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio, especially not now that I've signed up for another half marathon in under two months. I shouldn't be eating all those fries. I'm telling you, though, the training is great. Just walking around the city of Las Vegas. You're training for a half marathon. Forget the city. We haven't gone anywhere but the south end <laughs> right, of the, the Strip. Hotel, the oh, my goodness. Hotel. All we've done is Luxor, Mandalay Bay. We walked over to the MGM Grand and the Tropicana. I had to go around it to get to Dirt Dogs. It's in a food court, for heaven's sakes. If you haven't seen the photos, they're up on our social as well. What we found out, Jay, this is kind of crazy. Right next to the MGM Grand, if you're looking south, The mountains are in the distance. It's really neat. My favorite. Amazing backdrop. You've got MGM Grand and the Tropicana are right next to each other. 
and they're just south across Vegas Boulevard from Mandalay Bay and Luxor. Okay, so you and I, we see the Tropicana. We walk by it. We're going over to the MGM Grand. I took a picture of the the lion that's out in front, right? Uh, And it gets really crazy there. There's a ton of foot traffic. The traffic traffic, the congestion was unbelievable. So you're at that point, you're across the street from Allegiant Stadium and T-Mobile Arena where the Raiders and the Golden Knights play. And just so you know, for reference purposes, Michelob Ultra is in Mandalay Bay, that whole complex. That's where the WNBA champion Aces play. Okay, so all of those teams are right there. And what we found out from our Lyft driver, they're actually knocking down the Tropicana, and that's where they're going to build the new stadium for the A's. Should that move forward? Holy crap. You're talking about not even one square mile and five stadiums. There's already so much traffic. There's already so many shops and malls and souvenir places and hotels and sites. I can't imagine shoehorning another stadium in there. But that's where they're going to put the A's. So we were blown away when he said that. It's, again, right across the street and kind of down a little bit from Allegiant Stadium. And then you've got T-Mobile that's up Actually, almost directly across the street, right? Actually, if you check out my Twitter, ALAW Radio, or our Facebook page, I posted a photo of, it's the Statue of Liberty, not the real one. But it was funny because there we are at the south end of the Vegas Strip, and we see the Statue of Liberty, a replica. So there's actually a hotel called New York, New York, (laughs) which we think is comical because we came all the way to Las Vegas, and here we are staring at New York, New York. But it's set up to look like Times Square. So there's a Hershey store and there's a bunch of other, there, oh, there's a roller coaster. There's a bunch of other elements to it that are made to look like a mini Times Square. And then the Statue of Liberty, which does not reside in Times Square. No. Yeah, she's not in the middle of a city. She's in the middle of a river. Pretty far, yeah. actually, from it. But. <laughs> yeah, my God, like six or seven miles. Anyway, so it's kind of funny that, that uh, we re, you know, we're standing there looking at New York. Anyway, right behind the Statue of Liberty, kind of up the hill a little ways, is T-Mobile Arena. So one square mile, and they're going to put the A's and the Raiders and the Golden Knights and the Aces. And then there's all these big hotels with concert venues and beaches and everything else. The traffic itself, that alone is a problem. But then think about the number of bodies that are trying to navigate, as as Jay and I have Uh, figured out you don't go straight line you don't just walk down the sidewalk you can't you go up and over the road down the road then back up and over another set of of stairs and bridges so our cab driver also told us this he said from north to south end the strip is about four and a half miles and so me naively i exclaim oh i can do that we can walk that He said, but the problem is you have to zigzag back and forth, walk in and out of hotels and other landmarks. It actually doubles in distance. So you can't walk the straight four miles. You can't do it. You can't walk down Las Vegas Boulevard because they they have closed off parts of the sidewalks and, and, again, landmarks and various buildings that are blocking you. And so they make you go up and over. And then you walk a little farther and you go back over to the other side. You're zigzagging. He said if you walk it the way that they've designed it, it's eight miles. All right. So I guess we won't be walking from the north end to the south end, uh, though we will be experiencing some of the the north part of the strip. 
Bellagio, uh, Fremont Street, I know is old Vegas, but that's where we're going for the Mob Museum. Uh, I actually am going to Treasure Island to see Cirque du Soleil on Friday night with the Hubs. So that's uh, our date night, which will be fun. So we'll see other parts of the Strip, but it's not easy to get anywhere. And Jay and I, we've seen not only did the number of bodies inside the Luxor Mandalay Bay mall and and convention area quadruple because the nfl experience opened on wednesday so there are now it's wall-to-wall bodies we could walk through on tuesday without much trouble we actually got lost got turned around whatever whatever you can't walk now without having to sidestep and dodge and it's a steady street chiefs jerseys and the niners jerseys all coming in now it's like herding cattle i mean there's that many people that are going through this mall from building to build well from hotel to hotel and then we get out for the first time, it was like, oh, we see the sun. The sun finally dawned on the Vegas Strip. It was really cool. I was actually taking photos from my hotel room. I'm on the 23rd floor of the Luxor, which is the pyramid. And the sun from the various angles shining on the golden structure of Mandalay Bay. But then the mountains in the distance, it's really pretty. And Allegiant Stadium is off to the right. Uh, so that's my perspective as well. Again, I'll share some of these photos when we have an opportunity. But... What I was seeing, brake lights, nonstop, sea of brake lights. It's Wednesday evening when this is happening, and the wall-to-wall bodies. We're going to get Thursday. Oh, you and I are, I'm going to get claustrophobic with the number of people. It's going to be a little bit like the Mall of America where we're surrounded by people. So it's going to continue to increase in terms of the numbers of people who are coming in, which means the traffic is hideous. And there's no real public transportation in Las Vegas other than buses or shuttles. But they're going to have to sit in traffic, too. Yeah. And there's a monorail that really only goes among the MGM properties. So I think walking is probably the best option. If you're going under a couple miles, but again, it's not easy as Jay and I found out we were going maybe, I would say maybe a quarter mile Yeah, maybe. and it took us 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, granted, we didn't know exactly where we were going on the way out on the way back. It took us maybe 15, but yeah, to put an A stadium in that same space. Just think of Insane. the traffic and brake lights today. I mean, I know the Super Bowl is in town, but it's it, but it was it's, Wednesday. It's, it's Wednesday. It's it's not. It's February. It's not exactly like warm and nice here in the summer. Baseball, eighty-one times a year, that stadium's going to have fifty-five thousand people coming out of it into this already congested, crazy area. I, I don't know. It's going to be mayhem. Mayhem. <laughs> mayhem is right. Like football, it's right here, but it's only eight times, and it's a Sunday. Everyone knows the drill. All right, avoid that area on the Sunday. The hockey games. Not as much. It's a little further away, but this where this is going to build this A stadium. It's 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 a huge congestion area, and they're right. just going to let out more and more people. It's, it's the very bottom, if you will, the very south end of the strip, but it's right there with all the other stadiums. And so I don't know how they're they're going to do it. it. I mean, it's cool. It'll look awesome having a baseball stadium right there on the strip. But but I the guess. locals, it, it's right. going to be like, and I won't speak for you, but like me, I avoid Times Square like the plague. I hate Times Square. The number of people and the traffic and the cabs and the congestion and the tourists and the people who don't know what they're doing, no thank you. I don't want anything to do with Times Square. No. And now you get that same feel, at least at the south end. We haven't done any other part of the strip because we've been so busy, but the south end is insane. It's too crowded. Mm-hmm. And it's just and also just in terms of the stadium and all the just the brake lights and the cars and not being able to get out. If if you're 
you know, there's not everyone coming to an A's game is going to be in Limit Vegas. It's going to be people from the other parts of Nevada oh, who yeah. are driving traveling in. in. It's going to take four hours just to get out of the city of Vegas. Mm, traveling in. Uh, so, see, there's other things to talk about besides Taylor Swift, but we heard this exchange with uh, reporter Travis Kelsey. Oy, I don't. How can any self-respecting sports reporter ask these questions? I'm going to assume this is not someone who works in sports. She's all in, man. She's, she's all in. She's, she's a, a Chiefs Kingdom now. She's part of Chiefs Kingdom 100%. And, uh, you know, you asked me how how it is. And to be honest, I'm I'm learning throughout yeah. this all. You know, I'm just kind of on, the, on the, the plane ride, just cruising, trying to figure this thing out on the run, man. <laughs> He's figuring out what it's like to date someone who is worldwide renowned. Someone else asked Travis, who gets a ring first, him or Taylor? Are you kidding me? First of all, do you expect him to answer the question? That would be wrong. You don't tell, as someone who got engaged not that long ago and then got married, you don't tell anyone else unless you're talking about family, friends, who are going to help you orchestrate it before you tell her when she's going to get a proposal. Oh, my gosh. So he has two rings. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So that had to be somebody who doesn't work in sports, but I don't know how you can pose that question with a straight face. It's so invasive and intrusive and just rude. It's a blatant just question to try to get a headline grab. You think? Yeah. You think? So anyway, someone asked that question. I never would have done that. Excuse me. Thank you so much for all of your responses on Twitter. After our CBS on my Twitter, A-Law Radio. Check out the photos and videos also on our Facebook page. Bobby Flay on Thursday. And we're still hoping for Oscar de La Hoya. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence from Vegas right here on CBS Sports Radio.